Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Joan Price, Global Director of Client Relationships for Gensler, discusses psychological well-being at work, more than a yoga room. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Maura McShane. I'm with Humanized, and we are sponsoring this event today. Uh, I have uh, Joan Price with us. Uh, she is the Global Director for uh, Gensler, and we'll discuss today uh, psychological well-being at work, more than a yoga room. And I'd like to give you all a background just to set the stage today. Uh, as a leader in the Gensler client relationship community, Joan's mantra is, our client's point of view determines our success. She identifies business opportunities in key Gensler markets and also services multi-location and multi-project accounts for leading client companies and organizations. Joan is a uh, former president of the Northern California Cornet Global Leadership Council and the first woman recipient of the Corporate Real Estate Service Provider of the Year Award. Great. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Can you hear me, guys? Everybody? Good. Good. Well, um, it's really, I'm very happy to be here. We had a similar session yesterday, um, and it was standing room only. And so I'm very grateful to speak with all of you about psychological well-being and the importance. So what I wanted to start off with is just this simple question of how are you? You know, really, how are you? Sometimes this expression, when asked, the intention is not always truly known. And I think we live in a world that we need to slow down and pay attention when we ask that question. You know, here we are at Cornet, and when left to our own uh, devices, especially technology devices, sometimes that question, if you answer with technology, just because technology helps you answer it, maybe it's not the right human way to answer that question. So my challenge is, as a community at Cornet, I'm sure since we've been here, you've asked the question maybe 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, the power users in the room have probably asked that question, how are you, uh, quite a bit. And so the challenge is, let's take this moment to slow down and really understand human connection. That's what it's all about. And celebrate what we all need as humans is that, is that connection. And if we really believe in the power of the human connection, this is our chance to understand psychological well-being. We live in a world where technology is just, is that me doing yeah, that? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> you just kind of scoot up, but watch the cord as well. Can you guys still hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. All right, so why psychological well-being at work? I'm absolutely not the expert on this subject, but I was very, very grateful that my colleagues from Gensler, uh, we do have a subject matter expert here in the room, Juji Noj, and along with Christina Banks, we had the opportunity to write an article for Cornet not too long ago, and it was picked up. And through the research that we had, uh, it I personally came into the realization that this topic is more important than ever before. 
So also our own organization, Gensler, we measure workplace performance, we measure workplace experience, and mostly this experience is what we're tuned into. With over 350 different interviews with our, our clients, we're also now, we've just approved a research grant to pay closer attention to psychological well-being in the workplace. So let me start with, again, my intention is this is just a primer uh, to create the awareness of what psychological well-being is. So what is it? It's a state of well-being where every individual can realize their full potential. They can cope with everyday stresses. They can work productively and fruitfully and I think most importantly, they're able to make a contribution to their community. That's what community is here for. That's why we're here celebrating the Cornet community. But what's the impact? We think about psychological well-being. The impact is absolutely enormous. We know that work is so important to what, who we are and what we do. There's a $1 trillion economic impact in lost productivity globally because of people that are stressed out or they just don't have the, the, the chance to get the wellness that they're seeking. Not to mention the $1 trillion in lost productivity, but the serious of the situation here is also in 2016, this is from the CDC, there were 45,000 suicides in the U.S. alone. And out of that 45,000, 54% of those people didn't have any known health, mental health issues at all. So you take that number in comparison to fatal traffic accidents in the same year, it was about 40,000. Not to diminish the sadness of the accidents in cars, but we're looking at an epidemic here in our country that I think that organizations like all of us and the organizations we belong in have a responsibility to address it. So what we're talking about here is way beyond the physical and functional comfort. We're pretty good at the, the functional and the, the physical comfort. So most organizations now do a pretty good job about making sure that their employees have access to daylight, a good ergonomic chair, the right technology that they need, but what we're talking about is the very, very top, the psychological comfort. This is Jacqueline Vischer's model of comfort. And you can see on a scale that the, the very top, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You really can't address psychological comfort unless you meet the baseline of the physical and functional comfort. So this is the very top of the pyramid. This is what we're striving for. This is a chance for all of us to contribute in that very top of the pyramid. So again, my intention here is just to create the awareness of what psychological well-being is and to begin to have a dialogue of what you might be able to do. How can we create psychologically healthy workplaces? I was very, very inspired, and she's here, Dr. Christina Banks from UC Berkeley. I had a chance to work with her, and I hope one day I can spend more time with her. Um, she really brought to my attention that this topic and the problem that we're trying to solve with psychological well-being is a multi-pronged problem to attack. 
So all of us at Cornet, we come from this mix of different expertise, whether it's architecture and design, construction, engineering, the products that we're specifying, that is certainly one component of it. But a multidisciplinary approach means you can't just have solely those solutions. It has to be mixed with the medical community, HR, to come up with that ultimate uh, uh, solution. So a yoga room, designing a yoga room or interconnecting stairs is not enough if there isn't the communication of how those solutions connect with the greater purpose of that organization. So what, what I'm going to do is lead you through a couple of really quick bubbles of psychological well-being, and then we can open it up to discussion or questions because I do have our subject matter experts in the room here. So the first one is purpose, defining a clear and noble purpose for your organization. We had the great opportunity to also interview uh, Lisa Harvey, who is the Director of Workplace Experience at AMP. And she convinced us all that it's not enough just to define the noble purpose. You have to understand how we're helping enhancing the lives of every single individual. So purpose is the number one bucket. Number two is linking and understanding the connection between well-being and organizational performance. Dr. J. Finkelman from Chicago also gave us some tips, um, understanding that the most successful psychologically healthy organizations are those who really do understand that link. Um, there's also a great uh, tip and resource that we can give to you at the end of this talk. The American Psychological Association actually has an awards program identifying the most psychologically healthy workplaces. As it so happened, uh, the executives of Marriott were one of the recent recipients. And it was as simple as they knew that if they paid attention to their employees' well-being, psycho psychological well-being, they in turn would take care of the clients and then the business would just simply take care of itself. So simple, those simple tips. The second one is lead. It has to start with leadership. Leadership has to be in it, has to be involved, has to own it. I was so pleased to see recently the Business Leaders Roundtable in the United States, 180 executives recently signed a mandate stating that the purpose of a corporation is no longer just shareholder value. They made a bold statement this last August, which includes the purpose of an organization is to take care of their employees and to take care of those clients. So leading and active participation. The fourth bubble is engage and reducing the stigma of mental health. We have to be able to create programs of communication, making it simple and ways that we can all understand what mental health is and how to look for it. There's a nonprofit organization called MIND and they came up with the stat that at least one in every six of most employees and organizations are suffering from anxiety or depression. So reducing the stigma, it's not 
anything to be ashamed of. This is something that we have to be able to sit with our colleagues and our communities and address it in an open and open-hearted way. It's still doing it. <laughs> and then humans, being truly human. Talking about safety, one of the things that we've also studied is now that there's so many of us uh, participating in virtual work, there's this global ache in loneliness. There's a recent study by Brigham uh, University, Brigham Young University stating that loneliness is the equivalent, the detriment to your physical self and loneliness is equal to that of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So how can we as organizations prevent that ache of loneliness and addressing virtual work programs that make sure that we're engaging the, those people? And then holistic, working with clients. It's so fun to work with clients like Adobe. My colleague Natalie Engels in the San Jose office works with Adobe and together in partnership, looking at mutual ways to address emotional, spiritual, and mental well-being together, that triad of support. And then finally, you know, we're, we're doing really good with lead and well. It's great to have that at the top of mind, but one of the things that I think we as a community need, need to address is who are we excluding? What about inclusive design? Recently, we had a conference with UCLA and a wonderfully passionate young lady named Sinead Burke, who happens to be a little person. She's actually three feet, five inches tall, took the stage and she challenged all of the design community about design is for everyone. She told the story and with traveling from airport to airport, she can't even get up to the seat to wash her hand without the gracious kindness of someone else. So this idea of psychological well-being means asking the question of who are we forgetting about? Who's missing? So my colleagues and I want to change the narrative. Let's be very open about the importance of psychological well-being. My challenge to all of you, and we challenged everyone in the room yesterday, is when you're out there and you're asking that question, how are you? And you're looking at individuals in the eye and hoping to get the response that you'll spend the time to listen to that response. Really, how are you? And one of the things that my most favorite poet, Maya Angelou, this is the message for all of us. She learns that people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did but people will never forget how you've made them feel. So hopefully we can rally around this. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn. My colleagues and I have been posting. We're trying to start a revolution and like-minded individuals, I don't care what company you're representing, but this is a revolution that we want to spur and hopefully that you're a part of it with us. Thank you very much. Any questions, comments? Nope. Yep.
I, I think from a from an organizational standpoint, uh, Patagonia, I think, is a wonderful example that when you think at the very top of what they believe in, leadership and all the way through the entire organization. There's so much that we can learn from Patagonia. Okay, within... Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. I think um, Salesforce is a good example of Mark Benioff, who's really made a statement in the Bay Area about contributing to the causes in that city, as well as creating workplace environments that have meditation rooms. There's meaning behind it. I think they do a very, very good job, Salesforce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Any tips or tricks for developing um, sensitive personas and use cases in this field um, that, that aren't insulting, degrading, or a violation of, of privacy? Juji, do you want to? Sorry, <laughs> jumping in. Um, could you repeat it again, just that I understand it a bit better? Um, well, it's a great question. Um, we we have been using personas for developing different to understand different user types, but we haven't been we haven't been <laughs> thank you we haven't been using it for psychological well-being. But it's actually a great idea. Yeah. Kaiser Permanente in Washington, D.C. and in California has a center for innovation. I think that's what they call it. But there's a whole area where they take you through um, kind of a veteran who has an amputation, elderly, uh, people of color, you know, um, mixed marriages. And they take you through their stories as, as, as kind of uh, mannequins. And they do a good job. In our session, session, yes, oh. we have a diagnostic tool. Right. Can yes. You talk about that? Yeah. So, um, together with the Helen Hamlin Center for Design and Royal College of Art, we developed this tool to help you and any organizations really understand what you are doing well for your employees and what can you do better. So, it's basically a, a questionnaire that has psychological and functional functional components and a list of questions that. You can give to your employees, and really the way we use this is in, in a focus group settings where you go through every single question together. Once you have the answers, you evaluate it and, and facilitate the open conversation about it. Really, really the goal is to understand what are the gaps, what are the opportunities, and, and ideate solutions. Sometimes the solutions are speaking to... Oh, sorry, this is weird. So some just asking your manager if if I can work from if I can work from home on Fridays. Sometimes things are solved like that, but sometimes we need to, I don't know, bring in biophilia a bit in the workplace more. Mm 
So we really recommend you uh, using that. Okay, thank you. Thank you for tuning into What's Next. Have an idea or point of view? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org slash podcast.